You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 144, What Kids Need to Thrive. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hey, Mama. I hope everyone had a great Mother's Day. I had a really great one this year. My sister, who I hadn't seen in over a year, is visiting, and so that made it super special. And my kids got into bed with me to give me snuggles, which are my absolute favorite, and they made me cards and brunch and dinner and dessert. It was really a beautiful day. I want to share a couple of announcements before we get into today's topic. I mentioned a couple of episodes ago that I'm bringing back the Chill Out Challenge for moms. And if you don't know what that is, it's a free five-day self-care challenge for moms where you focus on treating yourself well for five whole days. We have a private Facebook group. Last year, there were over 300 moms who participated, and it was really fun. The challenge officially starts on June 7th, and you'll be able to sign up in about two weeks from now, but I just wanted to let you know it's coming. And then, like last summer, I'm going to offer the More Mama Summer Camp again, because that was so successful. That is a four-week paid program for moms who are ready to start making themselves a priority and want to take the concepts I talk about on the podcast and apply them to their lives. We go deeper into how to create more time, more calm, more confidence, more organization. It's also a great opportunity to get coached by me for an entire month, especially if you've been on the fence about investing in private coaching for yourself. So that starts on June 28th. Mark your calendars, and I'll give you more details about it as it gets closer. Today, I want to talk to you about what kids need to thrive and how we can incorporate these things into our parenting. Before I was a mom, I was the senior clinician at an adolescent day treatment facility outside Boston. The kids who attended the program were between the ages of 12 and 18 and struggled with problems at home, at school, and in their communities due to emotional, behavioral, and or learning difficulties. Instead of going to school, they attended our program Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. and basically participated in group therapy all day long. The groups focused on a number of topics, including conflict resolution, self-esteem, family issues, healthy living, and independence. The program had a reputation in the community for being extremely successful at helping teens improve their relationships at home and manage their difficulties enough to return to a school setting. Time and time again, I witnessed teenagers enter the program with symptoms of major mental health issues. We're talking major depression, anxiety disorders, eating disorders, PTSD, ADHD, substance abuse, and even schizophrenia. And they left thriving emotionally and socially. So what was so special about this program? What were the dynamics that helped these kids and their families go from desperation and hopelessness to progress and optimism within just a few months? I've identified seven key elements 
that the program provided for these kids and their families. If they could help families with severe mental illness and dysfunction, they can definitely help yours too. So the first is respect. I believe this was the number one factor in transforming these kids' lives. Many of the kids had never experienced relationships with adults who didn't yell, criticize, or berate them. Without ever raising our voices or using any physical contact whatsoever, we were able to uphold our authority and engage cooperation. Don't get me wrong, they tested the limits like gangbusters and tried to get us to react to their shenanigans. But when we consistently responded with firmness, compassion, and respect, they eventually trusted us enough to let down their guards, connect with us, and show us respect in return. The parents and teachers I work with often complain that their kids and students don't respect them. What they don't seem to understand is that respect is earned and learned by demonstrating respect in the way we speak, listen, and respond to them. Just because we're older and responsible for guiding and disciplining our kids doesn't mean they're not equally worthy and deserving of dignity and respect. But before we can offer our kids respect, we need to recognize our own self-worth and demonstrate self-respect. This is one of the top areas I help moms with so they can feel better about themselves and subsequently about their kids. The second element is clear limits and consequences. At the day treatment center, we ran a tight ship. There were lots and lots of rules. For example, there was no physical contact allowed. So if a child ever needed to be physically restrained, they weren't a good fit. And this indicated to us that they needed a higher level of care. This rule actually helped kids because we set the expectation and communicated that we trusted them to be in control of their bodies and behavior. And most of the time, kids who formerly had to be restrained again and again in hospitals or residential settings had no problems in our program because we set the standard and they rose to meet it. There was no contact allowed between participants inside or outside the program until one of them was discharged. They weren't allowed to go off the property without adult supervision or the police would be called. If they needed to go to the bathroom during a group session, they would not be permitted back until the start of the next group, and so on. At first, the teens viewed these rules as arbitrary and strict. They often rebelled against them and tried to get away with breaking them. But by the end of their treatment, they were helping to enforce them. They came to understand the value of rules in keeping everyone safe and maintaining a sense of order. As much as possible, we tried to let kids know the consequences for breaking rules before they broke them. That way, there were no surprises, and the emphasis lay on their choices and responsibility. In parenting, clear limits and consequences are important because they help kids feel safe and teach them how to stay healthy and balanced. It also teaches them social norms, your family's values and morals. Your job isn't to make sure they obey the limits, just to set them and enforce the consequences. It's also important to review the limits from time to time because they'll change as your kids mature and show they can handle more responsibility and independence. The third ingredient is consistency. Consequences aren't effective unless they're enforced on a consistent basis. So at the day treatment center, we were ridiculously consistent. 
When a child learns that you're inconsistent and only impose consequences some of the time, they'll have a harder time trusting you and they'll continue to demonstrate the unwanted behavior that you're trying to eliminate. When you set a consequence and then fail to enforce it because your child whines, cries, or gets angry, they learn that you can be manipulated. But when you follow through on a regular basis, they learn that it's unnecessary to test the limits and they cooperate more often. This doesn't mean you can't sometimes change your mind or be flexible. Just make sure you like your reasons for doing it. You've heard the expression, do as I say, not as I do, and maybe you've even said it yourself. But try to be fairly consistent with what you tell your kids to do and what you actually do. For example, don't lecture them about following a house rule and then not follow it yourself. Don't tell them you'll take them to the park after school and then break your promise. As your kid's greatest influence, what you say holds power. So don't misuse it. They need to be able to trust your word in order to feel safe in the world. The more inconsistent you are with your words and actions, the more likely they are to eventually tune you out. They need you to be their rock, the person they can depend on to provide stability, safety, and strength. At the program, there were four of us who made up the team of clinicians, the program coordinator, two of us who were directly responsible for working with the teens and their families, and one part-time therapist who helped run the groups. We worked hard to communicate with one another about each child so that there was consistency in our responses to them, and it would be less likely that they could split us. An example of splitting is when your child asks you for something, and when you say no, they go and ask someone else. So strong communication with your partner, your ex, or other caregivers, and consistent responses Teach your kids that they can't take advantage of you. The fourth element is motivation. Each week, the teens were responsible for coming up with weekly and daily goals for themselves. These goals were structured in a way that required some type of action on their part. So instead of a goal like, have a good day, they said, have a good day by taking personal space when I feel angry. At the end of every day, they reviewed their goals and talked about whether they accomplished it, why or why not, and what would help them achieve it the next day. When they consistently met their individual goals and their overall treatment goals, which we helped them identify, they'd be able to have certain privileges, such as skipping their least favorite group or going out for ice cream with their clinician. I often pushed for that one since I got to eat ice cream too. Having goals to work toward not only gave them motivation, but put the emphasis on the only thing these teens had control over, their own behavior. When they attained privileges as a direct result of their efforts, their self-esteem and self-confidence improved. Episode 122 was about goal setting with your kids, so I'll link to that in today's show notes. The fifth ingredient is routine. There was a predictable and reliable structure to the program. Each morning, we reviewed the schedule for the day, and there were schedules posted around the room too, so kids would always know what to expect next. We started and ended all groups on time. There were little to no surprises. This is so important for kids whose agendas are often determined for them by adults without any advance notice. 
The majority of our kids came from families where there was little to no structure or routine. And once they had this in their lives, they blossomed. Routines are important even as kids get older. When they know what to expect and when, kids feel calmer and more in control. The sixth ingredient is attentiveness. When I was in the room with those teenagers, my focus was completely on them. There were no distractions interfering with our time together. I gave them my undivided attention and listened non-judgmentally to what they had to say. How often do kids get that kind of attention from the adults in their lives? When we regularly put distractions aside and focus exclusively on our kids, it helps build a deeper sense of trust and connection with them. And when we focus on staying connected, we'll naturally have more influence, invite more cooperation, and enjoy each other so much more. It's not the quantity, but the quality of the time we spend together. And being attentive is one way to improve the quality. The seventh and final element of what kids need to thrive is humor. Working with teens who suffered from major mental illness wasn't easy, but we always found ways to bring humor into our day. When appropriate, we would sing, dance, joke around, and act silly. It was important for the kids to see our playful side, not just our business side. The same is true for your kids. They need to experience your playfulness and humanness, not just a person who tells them what to do and holds them accountable. Humor is essential for bringing laughter, fun, and connection to your family. These seven elements helped hundreds of teenagers get the support they needed in learning new skills to manage their lives. And when their parents were able to take these concepts and put them into practice at home, their child's transition out of the program was smoother and there was less of a chance that they would require the same level of treatment again in the future. I saved some of the letters and satisfaction surveys from parents and teens after their time in the program. One mom wrote, this program was truly wonderful for my son. He had been sleeping till noon for six months and he himself was beginning to despair that he could ever turn his life around. Pam Howard was truly remarkable in getting my son to take responsibility for his direction in life. And one of the participants wrote me a letter that said, Dear Pam, there's so much to write. I hope you can understand how much you've helped me. If you had known me just seven months ago, you wouldn't have even recognized me. I have noticed such a difference, and it has made me so happy. I feel like I have finally broken out of my shell and I can just be myself. Before, I was struggling with identity issues. I didn't know who I was or what my real personality was. I felt like my symptoms were masking me and controlling me, and I wanted to know what my personality would be like if I could control my symptoms. And now I finally have, and now I'm no longer shy, anxious, nervous, uncomfortable, and a million other things that were holding me back. I don't feel like an outsider anymore. I no longer feel like an outcast, like I'm strange or different. I feel like me, and I'm happy about that. So once again, thank you so much for guiding me these past few months. I'll miss you and remember everything I learned from being here. So let's just recap the seven things kids need to thrive. Respect, clear limits and consequences, consistency, motivation, routine, attentiveness, and humor. What are the elements from this episode that you already practice 
which could use some improvement. Choose one to focus on for the next week and see if it makes a difference for you and your kids. If you'd like personalized help implementing these into your parenting, be sure to sign up for a free consultation with me at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini. All right, you can join me tomorrow night on Facebook Live and bring your questions about this. And let's have a conversation about what kids need to thrive. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.